0: You are listening to Jai Long and this is the Educators Rising Podcast. Now, I know you have big questions. How do people like you and me make it as an educator? How do we sell online courses? How do we successfully coach the people around us, bring everybody up in our industry and take our lives and our knowledge to the next level? If you are obsessed like I am and you're thinking that's exactly you, that's exactly where you want to be, then this show is going to be for you. We're going to obsess over all those little things that are going to end up getting you big results. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Hey, risers. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Jai Long. Hey, before we get started, I want to ask you a quick question. Do you have milestone goals that you want to hit in your career? So maybe you're just starting out as an educator and you want to launch your first course. Maybe you want to do a $100,000 launch. Maybe you want to do a million dollar launch. Maybe you want to make 10 million per year. Wherever you are, a lot of the times we have these goals and these goals Uh, our North Star that helps us have some direction and to be able to see, see where we're going and track that process as well. So of course, in my business, I have a lot of different goals. And one personal goal for me is to do a million dollar launch one day in the future. Now I have come close to it, very, very close, but I've never hit the mark And I'm always searching for the next piece of the puzzle or who do I need to talk to or what strategy do I need to get myself there? And today's episode, it really does open up, I guess, a really good conversation around our goals. Why do we have these milestones? How do they make us self-develop? How do they make us grow as an entrepreneur? And what happens when you hit those goals? So I'm really excited about today's episode. If you don't know who James Wedmore is, he is an eight-figure coach, mentor. He's been doing this since 2006, 2007, and and no one was selling stuff online back then. So it's amazing that he's been around for so long and he keeps showing up. So the thing that I love about James is I found him a few years ago, uh, listened to his podcast, and I love that he just keeps showing up over and over and over. He doesn't take himself too seriously. And he has this great balance between work and and a lifestyle. So I think he sort of more leans into the lifestyle entrepreneur where he gets to go surfing all the time or live in his van or, you know, hang out in the desert or go to the beach or do whatever. And a lot of us, we get stuck in this hustle culture where we don't do anything with our lives except hustle and hustle and hustle. Now I did hear a mentor the other day say, You know what? In my 20s, all I wanted to be was a millionaire. And once I became a millionaire, all I wanted was to be in my 20s. And so often we forget that where we are right now, we need to enjoy because one day in the future, we will wish we could be back to where we are today to make these decisions or to live that life or to move or to laugh or to drink or to do whatever it is that we want to do with our friends and family and the people around us that we love the most. Now, I'm always setting myself unrealistic goals. I love unrealistic goals. You know this about me, right? And one of the reasons why, and James really talks about this in this episode is it's not the goal and completing and fulfilling that goal and reaching the goal. It's who you become when you start acting as the person that has already accomplished that goal. Now, James put this so, so eloquently, and I feel like it really sums up. A lot of the thoughts that I have around goal setting and around how we can exponentially grow as a human with our emotional intelligence, with our uh, IQ, EQ and everything else. And I think it's so important. So don't forget, just before we get into the show, thank you everyone that's left us a review. If you haven't left us a review yet. Each month, I'm giving away a free 45-minute one-on-one mentoring session with myself. So if you're launching something in the education space, maybe you already launched something, maybe you've got a sales page you want me to get my eyes onto, maybe you want me to check out your conversion rates, maybe there's something that I can help you with, all you have to do to be in the draw is jump onto the Apple Podcast app and leave a review for this show Because it allows other people to make up their mind to see if this is worth listening to or not. And it's going to extend our reach and we'll be able to impact more people. So I really appreciate that. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you do reach out to James at James Wedmore on Instagram. You can check out his stuff online and you can check out my stuff at jialong.co. Anyway, let's get into today's episode. Hey, so I have James Wedmore with me. He's from... The Mind Your Business podcast. He's also got a lot of really cool training programs and things like that. But I think above all else, James, I actually found you a few years ago. I've obsessed over your content, your way of thinking, your way of life, your zest of life, and everything that you stand for. So I'm really excited. And I think it's a long time coming for me to have you on the show. So welcome. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited for uh, whatever we're going to talk about, man. I feel like I'm eager to. To share some cool stuff. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, let's get straight into it because there's so many really interesting things that we can go over. And I know today we're going to talk a little bit about us scaling up and hitting our first million dollar launch, what that means for us and our money mindset around that and why that's Mm -hmm. a big milestone for us and things like that. So stay tuned because that's going to be really interesting. But before we get into that, I'd love to just ask like, who are you and what are you doing right now? I'm learning how to play the guitar. That's been
1: the last twelve months, uh, just about twelve months, just like the most epic journey for me. I always, I always love learning something new. So I'm, a, I'm a student. I just, I obsess over learning things and seeing the progress and growth in my life in every area. So that's what I was literally doing right before this is practicing guitar. And now my little sister who's watching me and she's starting her business. She's actually like a great like student case study for us. And she's like, I want to learn how to play too. So that's what I was doing. Now, but I've been running my online business now for 15, 16 years. It wow. started an idea in 2007 to create an online bartending school. That was the original idea and uh, launched it, uh, learned a lot of lessons, made a lot of mistakes, but actually made money with
0: that. And the I feel like the, there the, would the, have been the, only like few in, in between that made money back then online, like they do now. Yeah.
1: Oh, we would talk about that. There's like, there must only be like a hundred of us on, in the world. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, like,
0: back then like, oh, you probably thought is. there was lots of people, but really there was almost no one. Yeah.
1: No. And, and it was really <laughs> funny. We actually, there's, a, this video is on the internet still. It's on YouTube. I did it in 2009. My buddy and I interviewed strangers, like, you know, what you see on TikTok and stuff today. And we asked them in 2009, how do you make money on the internet? And just think about the different time, and people were like, "You don't? Oh, wow. It's a scam!" Like that's <laughs> <It's> what. <right. laughs> no. like, and then the only thing people could come yeah. up with the answers, the two answers was eBay or porn, and that's what the internet was back there and mm. back then. And and we created, or I created this online bartending school, and it made money. I was like super stoked. I made my first sale in April 18, thousand and eight. Like that day changed my life. Two hundred bucks to get my whole, and it came with like a physical book and CD ROM and everything, and Wow. What I found with that, I wasn't like I want to be the bartender guy for the rest of my life. That's my dharma right there is teach people how to make drinks. <laughs> but what I really loved doing was the creative aspect of it. And I had gone to film school, so I was making these videos back in 2000. I mean, YouTube came out in like 2006, and it was 2007, eight, nine, and I'm putting all these videos on on YouTube. And we didn't have cameras on our phone. The, the iPhone had come out in 2007, like the video camera wasn't even a thing yet. So people had flip cams, they're doing the big DV cams where you had to convert all that nonsense. And I'm making videos. People started asking me left and right, like, how are you doing this? So I, that's what I started teaching. I built a million dollar a year business, teaching YouTube and teaching how to make videos for your business. And um, there was a point in time where it was the same theme of like, okay, now what? Now what's next? What's the bigger evolution? And I, um, I just said I, I really want to show people how I've done this, and that was like really the big passion was less on the marketing side, more on the business side. I think people collapse the two in this industry because marketing is so important in our in our line of work, but at the sake of business, they have something that's a total shit show behind the scenes, and it's like hmm. yeah, maybe I'm getting famous on Instagram or I'm getting the engage or I'm the who's who of whatever, and I'm making some money. But if I peek back behind that curtain, it's a nightmare. And I know that because that was me. And I totally. was so certain and determined to like figure out how to actually run a business like a business. And when we did that, we scaled the company from two to 10 million in one year.
0: And wow. that's exponential that was like growth right there. Exponential,
1: like on a whole nother like stratosphere with, with a team of like seven of us. And it was because we had this like well-oiled machine, and it was kind of like everything came together. And that's that's really what like I love teaching and helping people with today. But yeah, was it hard for you
0: to even um, sort of pivot back then? Because even just thinking about that, like creating video content and for bartenders, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you have to get a whole new audience, whole new messaging. Everything would have to change for you. It's this is one of the most common questions that I get. I
1: created my podcast, Mind Your Business podcast. I did the first episode in January of 2016 after years of building up a huge YouTube channel. Like I was the YouTube guy, right? And people asked me, was it hard to pivot? How did you do that? How did you pivot? And honestly, it wasn't hard for me at all. I think it was harder continuing to do that niche because then it was to pivot. And that was because, and that's a real that was a beautiful lesson for me because I I knew where my my heart, I got to discover really where my heart was because I was making a million plus uh, dollars a year. But the biggest difference I was making in someone's life is like they posted their first video on YouTube and it was like crap. Mm. And it was like, oh, you got like it was like they followed all the steps, they got the camera and it looks good, and then they're just like they look like a deer in headlights, they look so nervous and so scared. <laughs> And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have posted that one. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is what my work is doing in the world. Like That's what I'm doing. Oh, and, and that was really weighing on me. And so what I did, is, I call it the Indiana Jones pivot, because there's that iconic scene where he's at the beginning of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where he switches the golden idol for the bag of sand. So th- it was a very strategic transition. I didn't do I don't do anything drastic like I'm burning it all down. I just slowly introduced the 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 new evolution while I was pulling back on it and it was a seamless transition. But I will tell you regardless, regardless of that when I put that podcast out and I started doing those first episodes I started talking about a lot of things that are more common today that weren't back then. We started talking about like intuition and manifestation and managing mm, your energy, mindset stuff all the mindset stuff and people like my audience were like dudes that were like videographers. And they were like, screw this guy. He's gone crazy. He's nuts. And my email went from 200,000 to 30,000, but the revenue stayed the same. And then we kind of like had to figure out what that new business was. And that took a couple of years. And then I think it was 2018. And it just went and exploded to, to 10.
0: You know, it's so incredible. There's so many things that you can unpack there. But even for myself, I remember in 2015, I started coaching and I was doing mindset stuff and no one knew what that was. And so I was, <laughs> like, I was basically doing saying it was untrendy and unsellable. And then I think in like 2019, it became really trendy all of a sudden. And I was already yeah. there and I was like, oh, I didn't even change anything. But all of a sudden, all these clients came in, which is so, cool. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's definitely be, the the level of awareness for it from the average person has become so much greater. And I, that that makes me so happy because when people say, why did you start talking about all these things on your, your podcast? I said, because that was the difference that made the difference. Not not making videos. Yeah. That was such, that was the 5%, but the 95% was everything that the, the work I was doing on myself was what made the difference. And I can't not talk about that stuff, so.
0: Yeah, and I, and I feel you when you say that you, like, you weren't getting the f- fulfillment yourself because you weren't seeing the results in your clients because they just weren't doing the work. And so it was like a really hard right. train to be on, isn't it? Even if you're getting paid good money. Absolutely. And that's a beautiful thing.
1: Cause it's like it's on one hand, it's it's just telling you like, well, what does matter to you? Well, and maybe there's something more. And I'm a firm believer today that we're here for a reason. There's something we're here to do and it's only bigger than us and it's different for every person and the quicker you figure out what that is and do that the the quicker you're going to be more successful and your life's going to work on a higher level. And I think it's when you're denying that for whatever reason fear, safety, familiarity, things are actually going to be harder for you. And so I'm always paying attention to that. And yeah. That's led me to this place. And so I'm very I'm very grateful for that that I trusted that because it went against all logic. And that's that's a thing that like a lot of people especially dudes but a lot of people struggle with this. Like, we're so in our head, we so overthink, we logic everything to death. And so many of the biggest decisions or, or choices I've made in my life, uh, they were not logical. Like, why would you move mm. away from that if I had something that was working? Were you crazy? Why would you go do this other thing if you have something that's working?
0: That, that would be logical to stay there. But it, the logic it was is the right not thing, thing that fulfills your purpose, is it? Would you say that exactly. you're like half logical, half creative?
1: I would say if I'm to give myself some credit, and I only do that because I feel like a lot of my job is to continue to look back and reflect at what got me to where I am and, all, and offer that for people. And as I have that reflection, I say, I, I, I'm i really proud of the ability to have a, a wonderful balance between the, the left and the right brain, the masculine and feminine, the take action and be strategic and be logical, but then be an intuitive, creative. And and like when I work with clients, a lot of them are like very in the feminine. I work with a lot of female clients, and they're just all about like, well, you know, if I if my is right, they'll just know. And da, 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 but they don't have a strategy. They're not looking at their mm. numbers. They're you know they're doing things reactively. With, oh, I didn't realize we had to plan all this. And when we can, you know, ha- find our own balance between that. And then there's a lot of guys that it's like you're just all 3D. And you think, which is, that's right. That's how I started. If you just work harder, if you just work longer, you'll be more successful than the other guys. And I don't buy that because I know a lot of people that are working way harder for way Being longer. And, they, <laughs> and they're not the results. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'm very grateful that I was able to find my own balance between the two that's served me pretty well.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. Hey, uh, so let's get into talking about just like a few yeah. milestones in our businesses. I often hear a lot of entrepreneurs talking about like the milestone of like doing a launch and hitting a million dollars, and that's like a big thing. So why do we put ourselves like through this pain of creating big milestones for ourselves and then trying to keep ourselves accountable to achieve this these successful points in our career?
1: Well, I think there's a healthy why, and then there's like a unhealthy why. The unhealthy why to me would be the attachment. Meaning or story that we've put on that outcome. Well, if it if I hit that goal, if I hit that million, it means that I'm the best. I'm successful. I'm deserving. I've I've made it. I'll finally, you know, let's go into all the childhoods. I'll, I'll finally, finally be, be happy. Love. I'll finally be happy. I'll finally be enough, and all of that. And that's pretty. That's pretty unhealthy because uh, you you are not your accomplishments, and to live a life. And I was going down that path where you believe your external accomplishments will fill the voids of your life of what you feel like is missing is a very... I, I, that's, I believe, one reason why I've got really famous people. There's a lot of examples of them like not having a, a good life at when they have it all. Because there's mm. something as a mirage, as a as a belief is, that is missing within them that they thought all these things would fill. Um, actually, when I partnered with somebody back in 2011, this was my, my buddy, Lewis Howes. And we partnered together and we created... A product, and it did. That was the first time I saw like real success. We did four hundred thousand dollars in sales in thirty days, selling a ninety-seven dollar product. It was life changing, wow. and fell into a deep dark depression after that. And it wasn't, you know, because hindsight's twenty twenty. It wasn't until after that I realized when I saw the money in the bank account, but I didn't see any change in me. That was very scary because I had spent the last four or five years chasing or running away from myself to become someone I wasn't. Mm. And I thought that that success would finally do it. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. Um, we lie to ourselves all the time. So there's probably gonna be people in listening like, I don't do that. Because um, I didn't think I was doing it until I hit that <laughs> money that money in the bank account. Oh, we and all I'm do like, it. That was really scary. Because I was like, what, what was I doing this all for? Is that what I was driven for? And I still feel like... Uh, I still feel not enough. I I just felt... It I was full of self-loathing. I just... Hmm. I hated myself. It was really weird. Like, but I didn't. Like, I was just like, I'm just a loser. Like, I'm a piece of shit. And, but if I made a bunch of money, then like, I'm I'm not anymore. But I was still treating myself that way. And I'm like, whoa,
0: that was scary. Here's what changed. Do that. You, wait, wait. Just so, before you we go we'll on, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like when you when you had that realization and you hit that point, it it was almost like releasing some shackles on yourself, and then you were able to. Like hit another level within yourself, self development, business, everything.
1: Eventually, yes. I mean, at that point, that low was the first time I saw that I had the shackles. Yeah, and that was that was scary because I was just convinced I was if I, as soon as I make money, like that in life can start and I will be normal, accepted, good enough, and all that. Mm-hmm. And when I when none of this, my internal world changed because my bank account changed, that was where I was like, okay, something's wrong here. And I was, I went into like a really dark depression. I stopped working. I like didn't get off the couch for days and then weeks of just doing nothing and kind of became a hermit. And um I was just like, wow. Then something happened. And this was this has been the common theme in my life. And and I hope it's not just me. I hope this is for other people as well. Cause all I can really do is share, share my story. I got the first testimonial in and it was like, it was like, imagine feeling just like the most unhappy. And then all of a sudden, like someone just like throws love in you. They're like, and you're like, Church, try to stay unhappy now. And then you get another one and another one <laughs> and another one. And I still remember the first one I got. It was from a gentleman by Jason Brown. Um, he, that was in 2011. It was December of 2011. I can still remember. That's how powerful you that remember was his for name. Me. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that was 12 years ago. And he's continued to be a client Mm -hmm. for the last 12 years. Today, he's a coach for us. He has a multiple seven-figure business. um, And he's like a good friend. And he just wrote in something that said... like. Holy shit, this stuff really works. As I was teaching a YouTube program, he's like, this stuff really works. This is such a game changer. I just posted a video and I just made a thousand dollars. This is just James Guy is a you know genius, blah, blah blah blah, you know. And I was like, Whoa, what was that? Like I just got hit with. Something I did actually made an impact on somebody, and then the next one comes in, and the next one, and it was like, "All right, kid, try to stay unhappy, try to stay depressed," you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the target started to change. And this is—I talk about this a lot—of like, what are our targets? And I think with social media and all this stuff, we're chasing significance, we're chasing attention. I believe this is this is the one that's really uncomfortable, and I think not a lot of people want to hear. But I think there's a lot of people that are trying to be the online expert and the influencer today because they have a deep unhealed need to be heard. And not to help, just to be heard. And I'll say whatever I need to say, just so you'll listen to me. And they're trying to learn a lot just so they can convince themselves and others that they're of value because they believe that they're not. And if you just listen to me, and that's what I was doing. That was the first iteration of that. And so I see that in a lot of people and when i started noticing like this is helping people i was like totally addicted to that and um and that really drove that and it still it still does to this day and i really do think like to any person in the content expertise coaching you know information whatever space if that was true cuz like only you can do that you can fake it and no one would never know so it's only like if you're going to lie to yourself or not that becomes your biggest secret weapon, because everything is through that lens, is, is how can I help people? How can I help them more? How can I be more effective, more efficient? What, you know, and you're constantly like evolving yourself so that you can be better. And I recently went through some really tough stuff in my life. I went through someone trying who I thought was like a really good friend, all in like the same like one- month span, someone trying to cancel me on the Internet while my dad died, and I get divorced by my wife, all in like a month. Like it was just like the, wow. the, the perfect and it was really tough. And uh, even, even the divorce was over two years of a, of a process. I mean, that was just like, imagine just like trying to run and grow your business. And there's just, it's just like someone left the TV on in the other room. And, you know, it's just like, it's always on. It's always in the background. And people mm. ask me all the time, how did you get through that? They're like, we would have never known how did you get through that? And I was like, well, I just bottle it down. I just bury it deep down. And, and no, what, what allowed me, what would help me the most. Um, it's almost too simplistic that people don't apply it. But for me, it just was like, whatever I'm going through will strengthen me and empower me to help others. Cause other people will go through this. And I've already, I mentioned these things on my podcast, not to be like, look at me or anything or poor me, but people, the amount of people that come on to me and they're like, I was going through something like that. And like the way you shared or what you shared helped me in immeasurable ways. And so today, there's a the context of my life of whatever I'm going through is, is an opportunity for me to grow so that I have more to give. Cause you can't give what you don't have. Right. And we learn through experiences. Sadly, sometimes we've got to learn the big lessons through the really shitty experiences. And I went through some of those, but I'm so much, I learned more about myself in the past two years than I have my entire life. I grew more than the last two years. And so much good came out of that, right? So, but this is the last what two I would years say, for you. Last, literally, last two years. Yeah. Like, wow. like the divorce I did like two weeks ago. Like, I'm just wow. on the other side. And, um, and it's like, you know, the, the, the TV finally got turned off and it's like, oh, peace and quiet. So, the unhealthy way that I think people are trying to strive for these goals is they believe that if I accomplish or do something external, it will change something within me. The healthy way that I would, my opinion would be, that when you go after something bigger than you've ever done before, that goal will force you to become the person that you inevitably would need to be in order to make that goal a reality. And so that's where like all those cliches come in like, it's the journey, not the destination. It's like, yeah, but you need the destination in order to go on the journey. And so everything I go after, is not because oh, when I get there, it'll be like so I'll change, I'll be enough, of whatever. It's that it's the opposite. It's that if I go after a million, million dollar launch, or a million dollar year, or a million dollar day, which we've done, who will I have already had to become in order right. to make that, that happen? Part? Yeah. So people have got it all freaking backwards. They think this thing will change me, and it's like no. The goal will force you to choose change first to allow the outcome to, to come to fruition. If that... Hopefully, I said that eloquently and clearly enough, that makes sense for people. So it it really is who you become in the pursuit and process. That's why I set goals today. I, and I don't just do linear where it's just like more bigger. It's dynamic. It's like, how can you how can you maintain what you have while cutting your hours in half? Mm-hmm. You know, or... While, uh, while increasing your profit and reducing expenses. So it doesn't just have to be always more, always more, always more, which people don't really understand. But what's the new game that I'm going to play that's going to cause me to shift? And when people ask me, how did you take the business of 10 million? I said, well, the first thing I had to do, the leading question was every single day. And, and this is so honest and accurate. In every way possible, I was obsessed and living into a question of how does an eight-figure company run? What are the decisions, the habits of an eight-figure company? business owner. Here was an important one. Where is the value of an eight-figure CEO? Where does he or she place their time, their effort? What do they work on? What do they focus on? What do they say no to? What do they delegate? What do they put in place? How do they run that business? And I obsessed over that question in in a relatively healthy way. And I got it wrong a lot of of times. But you start to get it right a few times. And um, what came out of that was... We got that outcome. And I'll tell you this. I'll be the last thing I say, I say here. And I'll, uh, I promise I'll shut up. But we had a coach for one of my employees. We hired a leadership coach for one of my employees. And she wanted to get on a call with all of us because she heard that I was going to... to want, my goal for the company was $10 million. She wanted to talk me out of it. She laughed at me. She goes, well, wait a second. So Jilly told me that you're, the goal you're doing is, is $10 million. I said, that's right. What are you guys doing right now? And I said, um, two. And she compulsively laughed Wow. and said like, that's just ridiculous. And you know, you really shouldn't be setting up your team to fail like that. I was like, okay, noted. And I told my, my assistant, like you're not to work with her ever again. Wow. Do not surround yourself with people that laugh at you. And, um, but and I said, I don't know. I will. Because you laugh at me and tell me I can't do it. And I'll do it just to prove you wrong because I'm that kind of stubborn person. And I kind of, that gives me an extra little boost. But uh, we did. And I have a CFO consultant that works in the company. He's like retired. He was the CFO of freecreditrepair.com, which was a big startup company and they sold for a ton of money. So he got a big payout and he's like retired. And he does this, you know, he works with small businesses in spare time. And he said, I've never, ever seen a small business do what you did without Great. funding quickly without anything like and um, that was pretty awesome, but it's a lot of like it's a really thing. It's
0: like first we transform ourselves from the inside out. I was going and to say then, that it's, it's so interesting how it's like people just don't even realize the the work you had to do on a personal level to get you yourself into the space of one being the person you want to be, but two believing that that's possible for you, and then stepping into that and doing the work. Total. And then you take that same concept.
1: And now apply it to an organization. You have a team, even four people. And it's like, now we have to transform as an organization from the inside out. And that's what we did. It was like, each individually, we were growing and emerging from within ourselves. like We were like little flowers blooming. And then as a company, we did that.
0: So so most of your team came with you?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did, yeah. I did. I took the same. I mean, I'm trying to remember the exact number, but it was about seven of us, and um, we didn't. Yeah, it wasn't everyone's like on we board, everyone's ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we brought on uh, other extensions, and it just depends on what you know trajectories you want to go down on this conversation. But like certain things I did is I brought on a coaching staff, and you know, community managers. They're never part of our core team. We have a core team that come in an office every day in, in my hometown of Laguna Beach um, before I moved. And, but then we'd have like coaches that would work a couple hours a day or you know maybe 10 hours a week in the, in the mm. business. They were like an extension of us, but it was like, just a core team of us. Yeah. And that's what we have right now. We're at you know between 10 and 11 million and we're eight of us, including me. It's eight or nine. I can't remember the exact. Exact number. So, I I like to keep things lean, and uh, I have a very, I have a lot of very different philosophies about business. Um, I, you know, that I just have as my personal opinion. Like, we don't work with freelancers. I don't look for trained, you know, people with the impressive resumes. Everyone that I have came from zero experience, and uh, you know, my number two in the company, who's like the COO, who just she's the engine in the company. She was in insurance sales before this. So she didn't know this world existed. Our number three in the company who runs the whole fulfillment department was a pickup sticks delivery driver. I mean, like we... It's just a different philosophy I have. And it's like, I'm looking for great people that are going to be on the team. That it's like, I want to i want to go to bat with that person. I'll, I'll go to bat for them, but I'll go into battle with them. And we're going to do this together.
0: It sounds and like you... Uh... Been with... You really do follow yeah. your intuition with that as well. It's like you know you have to trust yourself, your own vision, and trust yourself that you are able and capable to steer the ship towards those bigger goals. One hundred thousand percent.
1: I can't. I can't tell you like how many times, like the, the amount of decisions we have to make in a day as anybody in a in a position similar to ours is 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 already vast. Um, there's the studies on decision and will willpower fatigue. But you're using such limited resources when you're just using your analytical brain. And that was one of my like secret hacks, is like I was I'm I'm dating and dated 20 years ago, and then we're dating again. A psychic. Not a joke, not joking. So she's been a psychic, Her, she's been born gifted, and she's like incredibly like scary psychic. And she trained me, she taught me. She's like, You're really intuitive yourself. Most people are. You just don't, you just have so much noise in your head. You just oh, have wow. so much there that you don't listen to it. And when you learn to quiet the mind, the quieter voice comes through, but it's, it feels like such a leap every time until you're just like, I know that feeling. It's the same feeling. It's the same thought. It's that. And you just, then that becomes muscle memory. It becomes unconscious competence of just like, I know what that intuitive feeling feels like to go left instead of. But that takes mm. practice. And I look at, like, we, I'll never forget this. Like, going into 2020, my number two and I looked at each other at the end of the year and we just looked at each other. And I was like, I am proud of every single decision and move we made. We made like 100 out of 100 of the right things. And this is not to brag or anything. I was just like, I would look back and I was like, made the right decisions here, here, here. There were things that we started, things that we stopped, things that we just continued doing. And all these decisions throughout the year. And I was like, we trusted our, our gut, we listened to our intuition, and we acted on it.
0: Let's just keep doing that.
1: Don't let's not ever happen. Stop doing that. So yeah, big time.
0: Hey, if you're a course creator or you're a coach and you're looking for the perfect platform to host your email list, your actual content, your courses, your coaching, everything else then Kajabi is where it's at. I personally use it. It's a one-stop shop. It has everything in there from funnels to website building to email lists to course creation and everything else. And hey, it can save you so much money when you get rid of all those other subscriptions and just get straight into Kajabi. So Kajabi has actually helped thousands of entrepreneurs just like yourself make billions of dollars over the last few years and I believe you are no different. You need to get in there and give it a try. And if you do so, I'm giving you a 30-day trial period right now. All you have to do is head over to jialong.co forward slash Kajabi. So, to claim your 30 days, head over to jialong.co forward slash Kajabi. So, now you're in the flow of your business and like everybody just sort of knows that that's where it is. Also, like I'd like to know like obviously when you get to the point that you're in where you've been doing this for a long time, you're going to get a lot of opinions You're going to get a lot of people giving you advice. You're going to get a lot of strategies that come across your desk and things like that. Like, how hard is it for you to sort of like make sure that you are checking in with yourself first before you're getting swayed by somebody else's opinion? I'm always checking
1: in with myself. And what I try to do, and I think I'm really good at that as well. And this is like, if someone was just getting started, I would say, you know, whatever plan, process, training someone gives you, like, please just follow it. Just just you know, trust that mm. process. If you trusted to invest in somebody, trust their process. And even if you have your own opinions about it right now, because you're in training mode and you're probably doing something you've never done before. So you have like untrained intuition. And then you get to a place where you understand things. And where I operate today a lot from is understanding that. All the different strategies and things that are out there, they all have and operate from a hidden, invisible foundation of principles. Totally. And when you know the principles, it doesn't matter what you're doing up there. It's the same thing. You violate the principles, you're not going to get the intended result. I'm going to give you an example of this really quickly. So launches have been around as long as I've been in business. Now, I just call launch anything where you have like some sort of experience with free content. Um, even people do paid launches too. You make an offer. There's usually a deadline. It's like, open the car, close the car, right? And boom. And we've done $6 million launches doing it that way. And when I started watching people doing it, they did. They do a, they do a video, 20 minutes long. Boom, that comes out. A couple of days later, boom, another video, 20 minutes long. Boom, and then a third video. I've watched people do multi-million dollar just putting out 20 minute videos. And I said, Cool. And I did that. And I said, what if I make it not three videos, but eight? And instead of waiting a few days, let's do it all at once. And instead of making them 20 minutes, let's still make it 60 minutes long, but each video is like seven minutes. And in twenty seven, twenty eighteen, 2018, I think is when they released that. It was our first like Netflix style, like game changing launch. And it was completely different. And people like, what? Wait, wait, why is it eight videos? Why are they all at once? And everyone's freaking out. It's turning all these heads and getting all this attention. And it's like, if you actually watch the eight videos overlaid on top of the three videos is the exact same thing. Hmm. I changed the things that don't matter, and I kept the things that do the same. And people just think, "Oh, now eight videos is what makes you successful," or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's as as at, at the risk of giving the most overused cliche metaphor on the planet, it's the iceberg. What what the when you're a consumer or an audience member you're looking at the, at the, what's above the surface of the iceberg, but you don't see what's underneath. What is underneath are principles of marketing, of sales, of influence and persuasion, of communication, of leadership. And those things need to be in play. And when you understand those, people can give you a hundred ideas and you sit there and you say, okay, but I still need the principle of authority here and reciprocity here. And I need the scarcity and urgency over here. And I need to... Bring in the uh, social proof over there, and you I need still need trust. to speak. To them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just you're doing the same thing, but it may look different. And you can't violate those and still be successful. And I see people trying to do that all the time. And then you have to go back to the principles.
0: You know, I love this because what I do is I like teach business. But the thing is, what people don't realize it's it's not only just like what you're talking about the fundamentals of doing a launch. It's the fundamentals of business, and it works across everything. You know, so like a lot of people don't realize it's like you're launching, you could be launching a website, you could be doing a fashion label and putting something out there. You could be like, whatever it is, if the fundamentals are not there and you don't have all those ducks in a row, it doesn't matter what strategy you stick on top, you're going to be failing in some way. So I love how you have brought that together for the launches.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I, in 2020, (laughs) right before COVID came to town, I had just closed escrow on two investment properties that I was going to turn into Airbnbs. And everyone around me was like, Are you okay? Are you not freaking out? I'm like, Why? And they're like, Because the whole world shut down and you're starting like a hospitality business. And I'm like, I- I- I'm not too worried about it. And uh, I ended up buying four and set up uh, four Airbnbs in, in 2020. And same thing, it's like every principle of business and team building and mm-hmm. marketing. And just like how I put systems in place, and how I was hiring and tra- all of it, just completely, uh, you know, play. overlaid. Yeah, just perfectly. And, I, and that's so, that's so exciting. That's when you know it's a principle when it's like universally applicable. And it's like, what does an online education business have to do with like you're basically starting a hospitality business, you know? And yeah. there's so much, you know, crossover.
0: Hey, so just going back to our big milestone now, if we're hitting a launch, we're going to launch something out there in the world. We're going to do a million dollar launch. And we we got ourselves to this point by learning strategies, listening to people, listening to ourselves, doing all the things. Tell me when that was your milestone, like how did it feel for you? And did it feel when you first sort of started pivoting your ship towards that North Star, did you feel like you could do it as accomplished? Like, did you reach out to a coach? Did you did you start listening to more podcasts? Like how did you sort of go about in those early days?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the the idea of a million dollar launch hit me as soon as I had the idea for my signature program, Business by Design. And so this was about March of 2016, is when we had the, the idea. And we put the like beta program out where I got my first 25 sounding members. And that was just to get testimonials and like test out the content. And I said, yeah, I'm going to do a million dollars with this thing. And I did the first actual launch and I did like 200,000. And yeah. I was really surprised by that because I had a big audience and I've been doing this for a long time. So I had expectations of it doing more. And so I was like, oh, that's a bummer. But this is where like, I feel like I, I'm different than a lot... At least a lot of people when I talk to them, I never lost the knowing and certainty that it was going to do a million. Mm. It's like how I was going to get there. I thought I'd get there sooner. I thought this would be it. But what I tell people, and this is a really interesting thing. If I said, if they said, you know, let's say we're talking to, to one of your listeners here. And I said, is it your goal to have a million dollar launch? And they could say, yes. And I say, on a scale of one to 10, 10 is high. How badly do you want that? They're like it's a 10 out of 10. And, and then I say, okay, level of belief, 10 is high, one is low. That you're going to do that this year. And it obviously depends person to person. They might say like, Oh gosh, like a two. And I say, if you keep doing what you're doing and you keep progressing on a scale one to 10, what's the level of belief that you will hit it in this lifetime. And every single person says 10. So time or the illusion of it and our relationship to it is a really Mm -hmm. funky thing. And that's where I had to remove time from a lot of those types of milestones and just say, it's going to happen when I'm ready. And if there's more for me to let go, there's more for me to learn, there's more for me to unlock or figure out. then it's really up to me on how fast, how good of a student am I going to be to figure that out quickly? Is it going to take me 10 years to learn my lessons? Or can I figure it out by the end of the year? That will always be up to me. And then that's when I'll, that's when I'll hit it. So that's a really interesting thing is like, I just kind of intuitively knew it'll happen. I don't know when. I don't really care when, but I know it's
0: going to. And um, do you think giving took, yourself the grace of yeah. like the longer time frame helped you build the deeper foundations?
1: Yeah, it did because I don't put pressure on myself. Yeah, it's a really interesting. Like I don't put pressure on myself because pressure doesn't do anything good. It, it pressure takes down performance. They've done studies on that. But I also find a place there where like there's also, there's something at stake, you know, where it's like, you know, where's the line between like, I'm not beating myself. I'm not putting pressure on that. I'm not putting a big level of attachment. There's no fear there, but it's like, but we take ourselves and what we do, like uh, with a level of seriousness that like, this is what we're here to do. I think a huge aspect Mm. of how that manifests is like understanding. There's a really like, again, it's a whole nother conversation, I always go down rabbit holes, but like when you start to wake up to how powerful you are, part of where you see your power is in your word. And so saying you're going to do something is an expression and use of that power. So I don't take that lightly. I know that's power in, in action. We're going to do this. It's a decision. Wow. And so you don't just say things flippantly willy nilly, like it doesn't matter it matters because i said it would happen and that's matters because you are powerful you are your word so your word is powerful but i don't make it mean that if i didn't do it this time i'm a loser and i suck i made it mean nothing but i let it be feedback for me to say there's something i still got to do so what has also helped me and this is what i really try to to train and 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 share with anyone that crosses my path is I'm really good at what I would call business diagnosis. So when you don't... like, Here's what happens. You set a goal. And this is what most people do. They set a goal and they either hit it. One of two things will always happen. They either hit it or they don't. Right? You, you could exceed it. That means you hit it but, and you went beyond or you didn't. Okay. So if you hit it, high five, you got what you want. If you didn't, you didn't get what you want. So I already know there that there's something there for us. You don't, you either get the goal or the lesson. And that's the big, the big thing. You either get the goal or the lesson. The lesson is what I needed to have already learned to hit the goal that I didn't hit. So I could get the lesson instead. If I actually integrate the lesson, then I'm going to be closer to my goal next time. There might be something else to learn, but that's how we grow. That's why people say failure is the stepping stone of success. It's like, well it's only a failure as a label because the failure is an interpretation. It's just not hitting your goal because you missed something because you, it was a blind spot because you didn't know about it. Right? So when I don't hit my goal, when I, when I don't hit the thing that I did, I am really, 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 really good at being able to diagnose why it didn't happen. And nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, it's in the numbers. Yeah. And so when you know your numbers your numbers tell a story they they it's like a language And they're trying to tell you, you missed this. You didn't do this. This is where, this is where it was a total breakdown. It was right in this little spot. Look at how this metric's way lower than all the others. That's where you lost people. That's where it stopped. And and that can be anything. It can be from conversion rates to traffic numbers, to registrant numbers, to conversion rate numbers, to certain, how certain pages perform, to how videos perform. Hey, no one showed up for your live training. Everyone dropped off after 30 minutes. This is where there's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And, You look at that and you go, "That's what I need to work on. That's what I need to focus on." But that's not where people go. Oh my gosh, I'm a loser. It didn't work. And and instead, I'm just like really objective about it. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's why it didn't work. Let's let's go work on that." And what was not working in this launch of this product back then? I mean, it was working. It just wasn't where I wanted it to be. I knew I knew it could be bigger. Was the offer and messaging itself? So people. People They don't really understand like what really are the mechanisms that would, will cause sales and cause people to invest and take action. And these are some of the big ones. And that is the messaging, the words that mm-hmm. we use, and how we communicate the offer. And if we have bad messaging and a bad offer, your stuff's going to tank. And I don't care if you get a million people to see wow. your stuff. Bad messaging and bad offer, it's not going to do what it could have done. But that just means, well, we need to work on our messaging. And so what does our messaging mean? Well, understand that there's a way that you can teach that as you're teaching, it's an art, but you can provide value while doing two other things. You provide value and simultaneously, you are providing or creating demand and desire for the thing that you sell. So you're selling without selling and also eliminating any resistance or objections to the sale. And when you can learn to do all three of those at the same time, you're going to have unbelievable messaging. When you have a great offer, see a great offer or an irresistible offer is something that when you just mention it, when you just say, what is it in one to two sentences? If people aren't saying, take my money right now, then we got a problem. Mm -hmm. And most people have great products and really bad offers. So, they we have this is what we call the um the secret weapon that that the you know, you're your audience's secret weapon, but that's the problem. You're still a secret because no one knows about you, right? <laughs> <And, laughs> you like, I created something oh God, amazing. I'm like, I'm like this amazing coach. I've got this amazing framework. <laughs> I'm just like, and no, and, one knows. and no one knows because you can't sell it, and you can't sell mm. it because it's a bad offer. And so that there's an art and a science to that as well. But when I can be able to say something in a, even just a few sentences, and you're like, yeah, give me, you know, give me that right now. I'll take my money. Then we know we're on to something. And both of those need to be in place. So long story short, I had to work on both of those. And I, I, I mean, I obsessed over those. And that's what took this to $200,000 launches to the million. And then the million up to, I think their highest has been like 5.7, 5.8 million dollars wow. in a four day like card open window with this thing,
0: you know, must've felt incredible.
1: It does. And then it's like, here's the cool weird part. It is like, we just keep launching, you know, so we just launch we do two to three times a year. And it was like, you're just in the groove where it's just like, it's just another game. Like anyone who's in sports is just like, we're just, we're out there playing the game we're playing to win. It's mm. just a game. Sometimes we win, sometimes we don't. And it was like, Hitting a five million dollar launch felt the same. It was the same experience as like the three hundred, the four hundred, to five hundred thousand because we're doing the same things in a way. But it's like wow, we've got it nailed, and we're saying the right things at the right time in the right way. So, and then someone asked me. They said, um, one of my clients, and they said, James, you told me your goal last year was ten million, and you didn't hit it. So, how do you reconcile that with your team?" It goes back to what you're saying before. And here was the simple answer. And this is kind of like the full circle moment on that. as I said, well, the moment I set the goal for 10 million, the goal or focus was no longer on the amount of money, but it was mm. on how we showed up. And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, the goal was to show up and run a $10 million launch every day. And we absolutely succeeded on that. Wow. 10? What no. a shift. Yeah, what a shift because there's what's within your control and there's what's not. And what a stranger on the internet decides to do with their credit card, you do not have control over that. And you have an influence on that? Yes, but not control. So you want to bring all this meaning and attachment and story about who you are, or who you're not based on something that is not within your control. That's, that's a really chaotic life because a lot of people are going to do things that you don't want to do all the time, right? And mm. when you start to make what your focus is, is what is within your control. It's gonna be a lot more like equilibrium and certainty in your life. And it's like, we, hell yeah, we showed up at an impeccable level. I mean, it was like a five-star experience. Like we didn't have any mistakes. It was a well-oiled machine. We had all these affiliates with it. We were all over the internet. You know, it was like, I'm so proud of what we did. It doesn't matter anymore that we didn't hit some arbitrary goal that we pulled out of our Sorry, ass anyways. It's not going to be bringing you down. How we... Yeah, exactly. But how we conducted ourselves was like that was the thing, and it's um, what you're striving for, really. It really is, and and people don't really know that until they you got to go after it and see that it's like that's the juice it is what we experience the journey, you know, the journey, not the destination. And it's like, well, you know, the reason things are cliche is because they're true. People say them over and over again because they're true.
0: So, mm. Hey, I find it really fascinating. Just going to quickly circle back before we sort of finish up. You're talking about before that, you know, you don't really see it as a failure. It's something that you got to keep moving, moving through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what's really interesting is like you're looking at the numbers, you're looking at all these different numbers. And the only reason why you know these numbers and you can start recognizing patterns in those numbers and what's right and what is wrong is because you've done it and, you do it again, and then you do it again and then you do it again and then you do it again and then you do it again. And then now when you're talking about it, you're not you're talking about it with conviction because you've done it and you've done it so many times. And so I see someone like you having that much success because you just never gave up and you keep doing that where you'll see somebody else and they put the blame onto themselves, you know? And so they start looking inwards. And then of course that turns into a train wreck because then it's like the self-doubt, the comparison, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the like feeling lost, everything else. And they don't show up, like you would say, as the digital CEO and acts like a digital CEO where it's like, there's a problem and you're the captain, you need to fix it. Yeah. You know, what I'm about to
1: say is, I wonder, will be very controversial because today it's going to seem like a contradiction. It's going to seem because today there's a lot of people talking about like getting in touch with your emotions and express your emotions and, and whatnot. And I'm actually going to say, no, no emotion, Mm. no emotion. And People will hear that and like want to like, you know, maybe get upset or whatever, and get emotional over it, and they, (laughs) they will interpret that as like stuff your emotions down. I was like, no, 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 I didn't say that because that means you have emotion and you're trying to hide it. What I'm saying is the goal is no emotion, and again, like it's hard to say. What? No, you know, but. Uh, So if you follow the, are you invalid? Are you gaslighting me and invalidating my emotions? I feel like a failure. I feel all this anxiety, all this stuff. Like, look, but trace the emotion back to the thought that you're feeding. And that's what got you to that emotional state. Anytime someone comes in and they're like, I I feel so overwhelmed. I feel so, so, so so much fear, all this. Um, I say, what thought or thoughts have you been feeding? Where have you been placing your attention that got you here? And Every single time, it's 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 just utter BS. What? It's a story. It's a meaning. So the meaning is generating this disempowering emotion. So when I'm saying no emotion, I'm saying no meaning. Mm. It's just... It's, it, that's And it's exactly what you're saying is, yes, if I said I'm a loser and I suck and nobody likes me every time I tried something and it didn't work, I'd feel the same way. But the difference is I don't tell myself those lies and I definitely don't believe them. And because I don't tell those lies and I don't believe them, I don't have that emotion. And so there's a, there's a level of neutrality in that, that it's just, I'm not going to make that mean anything. I'm not going to feed that other than feedback and data and uh, clarity on what to do differently moving forward. And why that's so important, especially in business, and especially now, because there's a lot of people in a ton of fear, like I've never seen in 15, 16 years, and they've done studies on this, how fear clouds our judgment, because it moves us to different areas in the brain. So we can't access creative, intuitive areas that allow for solutions outside of the box. So you're, you're stuck in all of that. You're going to take yourself down. You're going to make poor decisions. And your audience is going to sense that. And so, to keep ourselves That's like big. centered in a powerful place, is going to have you be even more successful. And so, no emotion means no stories, no lies you're telling yourself, mm. no BS, no meanings. It's just data points to inform future decisions. It's already done, anyways. It are, whatever it is that we're that we're sulking over is already gone. Let's just learn and gain from it. What am I taking with, with me from this that I can take move into the future? and get back on. I know like that's not what a lot of people want to hear. They want to like pity party and all stuff and it's like look, I've done I've gone through all that so I I've, I've been there. We'll sit there in the pity party or you know, we can get back on the <laughs> horse and work cuz there's a lot of people that need some help out there. So what do you want to do? Pity party or transform lives,
0: you know. So I love that. Yeah. James, I'd love to sort of just finish off of sharing a little um a little analogy cuz I know you love analogies. I do. This is something I've actually never shared this with anybody, but this is the way that my brain works. So, like talking about business and our emotions and things like that and hitting goals and not showing not knowing when they're going to hit, the way that my brain works, and I think a lot of people would understand this after COVID, is it's like a big puzzle. And so if I went into my lounge room right now and I got out a puzzle, I can choose my puzzle. It could be a hundred piece, five hundred piece, a thousand piece. Maybe a thousand piece could be the $10 million a year business. And maybe a hundred piece of a one million dollar a year business. So when I start that puzzle, I never doubt in my mind that I can't finish the puzzle. So I know that I can, but I know sometimes it might take me a little bit longer. I don't know. Yep. But as I'm doing it right, every piece of puzzle is me doing the launch again and then going like, oh, show up rate. Right? That's a piece that I was looking for. It was lost. And then I place yep. that in. Once I place that in, I never lose that. It's there. And until yes. I feel out the whole map. I the once I do, then I've completed the goal and then I can put that away and I get out my bigger puzzle and I start working. But one important thing here is there is no emotion in the actual puzzle. There's emotion in me, of course. Yes, I have to keep myself yeah, under course. control and everything else. But then the puzzle itself, it's I look at it and I look at it subjectively and I'm like, okay, you're doing an amazing job. I've got the team here. Everyone's getting in there, doing the things. We're missing a couple of pieces. So we need to find someone that knows where those pieces are or what they are. And from there, I know I can create something incredible.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. And you get to <laughs> choose what puzzle you want to build. And puzzles totally. are fun. Not all puzzles are fun. There's some that I'm like, I, I look at them like, are you kidding me? It's like all sunflower. <laughs> like, no,
0: thank you. Sometimes <laughs> like, it's just frustrating as well, you know? Yeah. And
1: you know, it's like, it's okay to do a hundred piece puzzle. And I tell people that all the time, like, you can choose to do things simple and light and easy. I think at each level, it requires something. If you don't want to give, it's not like... Because people always say, like, I don't know if I have what it takes. And it's like, no, you you probably have what it takes. It's just a question of, are you willing to give what it takes? You, know, you have it, I mm. do you want to give. And not, there's some people that say, I don't want a team of eight, nine people. I don't want to do big multi-million dollar launches with all these moving parts. I'm happy with this. It's like bigger isn't better. Bigger is just bigger. Totally, and it's about doing well. What do I want to do? And I think that becomes one of the most valuable questions that we should always be asking. That we lie to ourselves the most about because it's like, what do you want? And is the answer what your parents want for you? Is what society wants for you? What the neighbors want for you, or your brother-in-law? Or is it just honestly what you want? And I'm my dad. I inherited stubbornness from him. And I'm so grateful for that because like I've always been just really clear about what I want and I'm so stubborn about it. And I didn't care. Everyone used to like laugh at me and tease me for wanting to start my own business and not go corporate and get a career and all of a sudden I was like, but I don't want that. So why would I go do the thing I don't want to do? And now they're all coming back. And they're like, So can I take you out to lunch and pick your pick brain? Pick your brain? Yeah. Yeah, for free? No, <laughs> yeah, for Absolutely. free? Absolutely. Not. I literally get that all the <laughs> <That's> time. <laughs> oh, no. oh yeah, oh yeah, that's great. It's a it's a wonderful full full circle moment when that happens.
0: James, I just want to say a big thank you for being on the podcast with mm-hmm. me for giving me an hour of your time. I know it's so valuable. I know anyone that's listening, like they should know how valuable this conversation is for them. I know for me, I learn a lot of things. I'd love to just ask where can we connect with you? Have you got something coming up soon? Where can we experience some of your online experiences that you create and craft and master?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Um I have a I still run my podcast today. We just hit 600 episodes over on the Mind Your Business podcast and um I share, you know, everything about everything. We just had sex experts on the on the podcast. So, I like to touch upon everything that any type of entrepreneur would like that's gonna improve the quality and workability of their life. And yeah, so if if you're lo- looking to, for that growth, and it's we have wonderful, weird conversations on there all the time. Um, that's the Mind Your Business Podcast. Anywhere we they host podcasts, I think we're on there. Instagram is a great way to connect with me. It's just my handle at James Wedmore. And then my free training series where we break down how we built the business the way we did. It's kind of like I uh, just open, pop open the hood and say, like, here's how we built it. That training kicks off June 1st. That's what we call the rise of the digital CEO. And it's really just like looking back and saying, I had to really... If I wanted to grow a business and do it the right way, I had to actually start operating like a business owner, not just like a shiny object entrepreneur with a bunch of to-do lists and 10 different projects. And um, how do you put that structure in place? How do you have that strategy? How do you put the numbers in? And um, that's our that's our training series. That kicks off June 1st. It's businessbydesign.net is the is the site for that. If anyone wants to check that out. Um, and we do that live. Uh, it's it's an amazing training series. And I just like to show people here's how we built this business. And um, and here's how we've been doing this for a really long time. And it's pretty, pretty fun. So yeah, that's about it.
0: There it is. And just so everybody knows, like, mind your business is a great podcast i personally listen to that all the time you'll see me there in june as well james thank you so much and thank you so much for being my inspiration for so long as well so i really appreciate it and i appreciate appreciate you showing up over and over and doing the things that you do yeah no thank you thanks for having me great conversation Hey riser thank you so much for listening to today's episode i'm excited to see the big results that you get and celebrate those wins if you do want to join my community i have a facebook group called educators rising and i believe it's the place that you need to be if you want to share your wins you want to share your strategies and everything else, I do show up live and I do get in there and interact with everybody. So it's a lot of fun. Also, if you're a creative entrepreneur, I do have a podcast show called Make Your Break. It's incredible. We have so many good speakers. There's lots of motivation, inspiration, tips and tricks, strategies, and everything else. So be sure to check those out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll see you soon.